Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go. This James. Get off the field. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. There we go. There we go. Ah. Hey, stay together, y'all. Stay together. Stay together. Ah. We both. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, bro. You too, man. Congratulations on your baby too, bro. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. Wow, bro. I was like, bro, that's so smooth. Right Boy, now. hey, that's how to jump in action. Were you starting this Wednesday morning off with some intensity? Some yelling from Dewan Smoot mic'd up on Jaguars.com. You can check out all the mic'd up features always on Jaguars.com. I kind of forgot about that Dante Fowler Smoot's little connection there and them saying hello. <laughs> Yeah, I did too. Until that moment. uh, I uh, I spent a good bit of time with Dante Fowler the day before the draft in 2015 in Chicago. um, And the crazy whacked out shoes that he spent $5,000 on. Remember that outfit, yes. Uh, He had his issues, um, but I always enjoyed that guy. He, um, yes, was always entertaining. I will never forget the video board segment when you interviewed him after the win. And I had to drag Calais into it to make it make sense. Yeah, because yeah. all he said was win, 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 right. and try to leave. Yeah, no, no, big boy. We got much more to talk that about day. here. He, he did played good play. that day. You know, he always played well against the Patriots. For yeah. whatever reason, he, he, those were the games where he got it going. Yes, he did. We are getting ready for a game in Los Angeles this weekend against the Los Angeles Rams, and we all know the struggles the Jaguars have with traveling to the West Coast and just the struggles of this team right now. It makes you a little nervous for this matchup this weekend. Not going to lie. Well, Brian, I'm I'm not a huge – I mean, yes, they struggle out West. uh, but mostly because they haven't been as good as the teams they've played. Yeah, I mean, I can remember covering the team in the 90s and when they were good, and they won some games out west. Well, I, you know, Not look, so much since because they haven't been very good. No. So I think it's more that than the West Coast thing. Yeah, the only place they've ever won on the West Coast is Oakland, and they've mm-hmm. won there a couple of times. And unfortunately, they're not playing in Oakland. Yeah, anymore. no, no. They ever. Don't, they don't, yeah. Yeah, that win. That, <laughs> got that got, Glad them. they got that so last that's out one the window. in 2019. Right. Um, you know, it, they, when they went to San Diego, the Chargers were better. Um, Philip Rivers just beat them. Seattle is Seattle, and, and the Niners is just always. Who knows when they change that? But it's mostly been because it has nothing to do with the travel. We saw that with the Niners. It has mm-hmm. everything to do with the talent, and that level has to get stronger here. Yes. Now they've gotten rolled out west. I think the getting rolled out west forty-one to nothing in two thousand nine does come into oh, you play. Missed that one. Yeah. in terms of uh, the West Coast travel stuff. So we'll see. We will see. We go into big things with a lot of stuff of what we know, what we don't know, what we think we know. We start with what we do know, and that is all about rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who is coming off a rough game where he admittedly said he can play much much better. But this is the franchise quarterback, and that is something we do know. As far as the passing game, that is a work in progress. So just the fluidity. Pass games, a lot of timing and comfort and you got a 22-year-old quarterback, and you keep rotating receivers. You know, no one's fault. It's just guys get dinged, guys get hurt. And um, what's your vertical stretch? You know, what's your – because eventually that's going to shut down, and we're seeing a lot of teams play man coverage on us right now. So we've got to beat man coverage. That's a big issue. And uh, when we do, we're really good. You know, Marvin did and made a great catch on one, and you know, we had some good plays. 
Big thing, too, is what don't we know? We don't know much at all about what this offense, what this offense is going to look like, what it looks like right now. Run first, pass first, I don't know. One thing we do know is the penalties have to get fixed, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, we're not emphasizing that enough as a staff. If there's no defiance amongst the ranks, then that's a problem. That's not it at all. You know, how in the world could we have that penalty, you think? How in the world can you have that penalty? And you have to look who commits it, why did that happen, and we put those guys in that scenario, they well coached up and, and identify it and, and try to fix it. There's no other, there's no, you know, I'm not used to it, but there's no simple solutions. You know, if you're struggling throwing and catching, work at it. And if you can't throw and catch, you got to find guys who can. If the same people keep making penalties, then you've got to really address that why. Big thing three is what do we think we know? This defense can play at a high level. We've seen it. We thought it was a unit that could stay at that level weekly, consistently. We're not so sure about that anymore, but this coaching staff still has a ton of confidence in the defense. Yeah, defense, I think we kind of got an idea who we are. You know, um, Tyson Campbell played great. You know, we, we're fitting our scheme to personnel. Uh, offense, you know, with their fluidity of uh, receivers, we still have not identified you know, any downfield passing game. However, in the run game, I think, you know, we averaged, uh, I mean, I thought we ran the ball really well. I thought the offensive line came off the ball. I thought uh, we mixed in under center and shotgun runs, which is what I want to be. Uh, the shotgun runs were really uh, productive. So that's a little bit of our identity. And that is big things. A lot of stuff we're trying to figure out. We got a lot of questions this week, as you can see. And the biggest question I think I have when I hear head coach Urban Meyer talk about that offense and the running game that they feel strong about, I still can't figure out why James Robinson is not on the field more. And I understand he's banged up, and I understand they're probably trying to be cautious with him, but especially those goal line drives, I still can't figure it out. Can you guys? Well, you know, I have to trust that Urban Meyer – uh, is relaying what he's being told in the press conference because he's, he never hasn't done that. Mm -hmm. And every time he's asked about it, it's they don't believe he's 100% with the heel. And I, when they go into games, they clearly have a rotation in mind. They have a way they want to use them, and they stick to that even in situations where to the fans it looks like, oh, my God, I can't believe James Robinson's not in there. Um, that, you know, I have to believe that's the reason because I can't think of another reason. I can't either. So, uh, you know, I get that it it causes a hue and cry. Uh, and there was a big thing this week about when Urban said, well, I'll, I'll have to check to see why he wasn't in the game. That's not unusual for position coaches to be the ones deciding this is the rotation. It doesn't get noticed really anywhere except running back because if – if they were if they rotate the defensive backs, nobody notices because they're not getting carries. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, he he's playing the role of CEO, right? He's he's delegating to his offensive coordinator and his defensive coordinator. Which, I, in terms of rotation, all coaches they, delegate exactly. to position coaches. Exactly. Um, I he he he's not healthy. He's clearly not healthy. He was a little better this week, and I think Brandon Linder's return made a big difference in a couple of situations where he was able to get on track. Um, the other thing is, look, Carlos Hyde is a favorite of urban meyer mm -hmm. and he's a big body and in certain situations in goal line you're trying to keep a little bit of the wear and tear right a little more tread on the tire if you will mm -hmm. with james robinson you can understand now he hasn't been all that effective this year in those situations so i can see why people would say why not more james robinson but 
You can't give him, I don't think, right? And I'm not the medical training staff. I don't think you can give him 25 touches a game right now. I don't think you can do it and expect that he's going to play the final six games. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't. When you have a knee and a heel, you can't do it. Here's the reason I think it's injury. At the beginning of the season, they split carries between those two guys for the, for the first two games, yeah. probably more than they should have. But after that, after the, the, the third game, if you look at the stats, James Robinson was getting either all of the carries or the mother load of the carries. The, the return to splitting, the return to James Robinson not being in the game in certain situations, that returned after the heel injury. So if you're looking for an if-then scenario, mm -hmm. I think that's it. There you go. And then big thing, too, is this offense. And we have so many questions of what it will look like, and we're going to see more RPOs most likely and Trevor running. So, uh, oh, see, I, yeah. Only thing I'll say on this is you want him healthy going into the offseason. Right. You want him available for your offseason program, your OTAs, your mini camp, your training camp. You don't want him having to spend a lot of time rehabbing. Be very cautious with that. Yeah. but I think we're going to see more of it, Schlen. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got to believe you're going to still see a small glass of it compared to the rest of the offense because – I get that right now Trevor looks like he's better in that, and he probably is more comfortable in that. Uh, but I'm with you. I'm an old-school guy. When I see a quarterback running and, and getting hit, that worries me. So well, he, I mean, look, we've talked about this all season long. This is a guy who you covered Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning didn't run. Not You, you want this guy with this arm and this football intellect mm -hmm. in the pocket, mm -hmm. dissecting a defense and delivering the ball, letting other guys get hit. So the RPO thing seems to me like it's a short-term option to get something going. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it's just me, I wouldn't take the long-term and put it at risk for the short-term. By the way, are we, uh, are we wrapping up big things? Is that the feel? Sure, we can do that. No, uh, <laughs> but I thought overall, I get that we had to have a topic for big things. What do we know? What do we know? I thought Urban Meyer did a great job on Monday of outlining exactly what we know. And mm -hmm. I think we know everything about this offense. I think he said it best, the fluidity at receiver, meaning you've got Laquan Treadwell and uh, Tavon Austin, and God bless them, they played well the other day. That wasn't plan A, Brian. No. That wasn't plan no. B. That wasn't plan C. So all the talk about Trevor Lawrence, I thought Urban laid it out saying, we don't have a downfield passing game. That means you are trying to get cohesion. All the accuracy stuff. It, it was funny, on Monday, remember, I sat in here befuddled saying, I wish I knew – what the accuracy issues are. Well, I thought Urban Meyer laid it out in the press conference that to a very large degree, the accuracy issues are they're not on the same page because it's hard to get on the same page that quick with new receivers. I thought he laid it out. That's what the offense is. I think it's what we're dealing with for the last seven games. Woo! Coffee. Six games. And by the way. Boy, that's good news. Yeah. <laughs> that's good news. <laughs> since, since, since we're big picture, here's the big picture. It isn't be, it's not going to get fixed this year. Yeah. Right? You're going to have to just muddle through with what you've got and try – to work with guys in practice so that they have a chance to make plays on Sunday. But you want this quarterback 100% in the offseason because next year you're going to fix it. Right. They have draft capital in abundance. They have salary cap room in abundance. They're going to fix it next year. They're going to fix it in the offseason. I don't know who or how or any of that. Mm -hmm. They're going to fix it. Make sure your quarterback is 100%. Yeah, and it wasn't Urban Meyer making excuses. It was really more so the, the first time he was honest about the situation, saying, hey, DJ Chark, Travis Etienne, we don't have him on the field, so this is what we have to work with for the next six weeks. Yeah, he's been – I mean, he's been talking about it. I think at some point in the season, we talk about it all the time, Brian and Shalane, 
you figure out what the team is. We do as, as uh, people who cover it, you're trying to figure out why couldn't they do this? Why couldn't they do this? Well, after a few games of seeing the same thing, you realize, oh, they can't run at receiver. They're not very good at receiver right now compared to the rest of the NFL. So what can, I mean, in terms of speed. Yeah. Um, so what are they? Well, that's what they are. And I think Urban Meyer uh, on Monday kind of said, this is what we are. Uh, we've got to figure it out. But I think in, implied in that, too, is there's not that much to figure out at this point. No, it is what it is. And, and it is this what is, it is. This Except is sort text. of a crazy saying, but it's you know the best version of yourself. Just go be the best version of what you are right now. Yeah, what you have available. E- execute, which is what the coach is always talking about. Execute to the highest level you can, which, by the way, makes the 18 practices. Because they really have three practices a week. There are 18 of them left. You're counting down, I see. Well, I'm just trying to be complete. He's got a little Jaguars advent calendar. That he <laughs> pops it out. When I think of advent, I do not think of the Jaguars. Uh, Very fair. <laughs> but, but it's one of those things where you've got to get the most out. Every practice yeah. is as important as every game for this team this season. Yes, six games left of the 2021 season. That is big things when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. Some of this or that coming up. Jags Drive Time is brought to you by TIAA Bank. Turn potential into progress. And by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Price.com is the easiest way to save money with comparison shopping cashback coupons all in one. It's free. Try Price.com today. This or that. This or that. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time. It is Wednesday. It is time for This or That, presented by Price.com. Brian, what do you got for us? Well, you know, the, the coach talked uh, in his postgame on uh, Sunday about, you know, discovering what players and there are there and what you can do and moving guys in and out if, they, uh, if they're creating penalties. Um, so this is a totally hypothetical situation, right? Okay. But I, I'm ready to put Walker Little in at right tackle, right? I, again, I'm totally hypothetical. But Andrew Norwell is a $16 million hit on your cap next year. Probably not going to be here, right? Barch looks like a guard. I think Juwan Taylor looks like a guard to me. I said that in the preseason because he doesn't appear to have the foot speed, and we're seeing that. He struggled with the inside move against Joey Bosa, though, to be fair, everyone does, mm-hmm. um, and has struggled to the outside. He had the holding penalty, and the he jumped off sides uh, in anticipation of the pass rush uh, on that drive where they ended up with a field goal with about eight minutes left to go in the uh, – in the fourth quarter, I'd, I'd, I'd start thinking, do you move him in and do we just start get on with this? Um, try it, see what it does, or do you just let it go for the rest of the year? Do you, and in that vein, do you make changes where you can or do you just let it ride? Yeah, I think there's only a couple. I think uh, there's that, um, and there's the yeah, obviously everybody's been calling for all year. Do you want to see more Andre Cisco yeah. as opposed to Wingo? Over Dewey? How to me, <laughs> those are the only two that really make a whole lot of sense. That, I get people talking about Shaq Quarterman, but uh, Damian Wilson's played fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think uh, Shaq Quarterman has played. If you sort of know what he is, and remember, the coaches generally feel like they know what these guys are from seeing them in practice. Mm-hmm. Fans often say, "Well, we got to see him in a game." Well, you don't see him. It's not but, our job to see them. But the <laughs> coaches have a general idea of who's ready and who's not. So, 
And I don't think with six games to go, uh, there's clearly a reason that uh, Jawan Taylor's playing. Mm-hmm. They believe that he's the best guy. Uh, and I don't know that with six games to go, they're going to be ready to make that move just to see yet. Uh, although I wouldn't mind saying it. I'm with you, Brian. Yeah, I just I, I, look, he has the look of a guy who will be a very good guard. Right. And with him and Barch, two big guys, they're lined up on either side of the center, who I think would still be Linder. Um, and then you get Walker Little into a position because we talked about the possibility of, of keeping Cam Robinson. Right. right? They've got I was just cap go room. there with that. So, you know, I guess it's a little bit of a laboratory and you take the risk with your quarterback. And I just got done saying you don't want to take many risks with the quarterback. Right. Yeah. But it, it's worthy of this show and conversation. And yeah. that's really, the, I mean, I'm sorry, Shalene, the, no, the, uh, it all to me depends on how do you feel right now as, as a coaching staff as George Warhop about Walker Little? Mm-hmm. Do you believe he can do that on at right tackle and protect Trevor Lawrence to the degree that Jawan Taylor can. Yeah. So right. Yeah, and I get that's priority number one. But at some point, you have to see Walker Little. And if it's next year and if you're keeping Cam Robinson, then what? You're going to have to make the change eventually. So I get the conversation. Why yeah. not now? Yeah. All right, John, what do you got? I have uh, what player on the receiver core is capable of a breakout game? And I say this because it's been since Miami – that a Jaguars wide receiver has had more than uh, 53 yards receiving in a game. Wow. And that was when Marvin Jones had 100 in that game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of breakout games, but which guy has the best chance? I went with Marvin Jones or LaVisca. I'm still going to go with Marvin Jones in this uh, because he's still the guy to me that even when covered is capable of the back shoulder play. He can catch the ball in traffic. He I'd seen, seen, seems to have the best hands. My concern is, I think right now, without James Robinson 100%, Urban alluded to it on Monday. They're taking guys away. They're playing man. They're locking these guys up. Uh, I don't know that a breakout game is going to be 120. Maybe breakout gets you to 80 and gets you one more big play a half. Can you tell me who Jalen Ramsey's going to cover? Because then I'll take the other guy. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I would imagine you would, Marvin. You would assume so Marvin. So I'll take LaVisca. Yeah. And really, you can make the argument LaVisca – you, I understand that's who is more likely, but LaVisca Chanel, I think, needs it more. You're starting to see these negative connotations about LaVisca Chanel, and he's not meeting the potential we thought he was going to meet. Yeah, but I you know that third down play where he oh, came scraping across the tough middle? Tough as heck. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. That's the guy. That's what he's supposed yeah. to be doing. Right, and he's maybe asking to do something he's not supposed and when to be doing. You have, if you had DJ out there, if you have a premier receiver and he is a slot guy, he's really going to be very good. Mm-hmm. But in the current form of this offense right now, He's having to play out of position. It's like asking a six foot four, uh, you know, a shooting guard to play center. Good luck. Right? Doesn't happen very well. Yeah. Doesn't go very well. <laughs> All right. Speaking of wide receiver, my this or that comes from Monday Night Football when I was sitting on the couch and I was scrolling Twitter and I saw this article that the Seahawks are in a bit of finance trouble and looking to free up some of their premier players who are expensive next season. And I thought, hmm, DK Metcalf would be really nice on this roster. But you're probably going to have to give up a first-round draft pick for him. So, this or that, DK Metcalf, or using the draft picks on a wide receiver. We're it, here. I, We're at I, this point. Well, <laughs> I should preface this by saying I, I don't really dig deep into the draft until the senior bowl. So, I don't know exactly who is out there who might be the what? The, you know, there's no one who belongs in the top five, and it's arguable that there's a receiver that belongs in the top ten. Yeah, I think Garrett Wilson is the is the guy who most people recognize. He's probably eleven through fifteen. Yeah, there's a receiver, a big guy, last name London at USC. There's a guy from Arkansas, um, but no one fits where the Jaguars yeah. are going to be picking. So, 
in theory, maybe, but the problem is Jared was going to be picking number three or, you know, top five, whatever it is. I don't give up a top five pick for DK Metcalf. Um, no, I wouldn't give it up. I give up Metcalf. a 25 if, 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 we, if you're picking 27th mm-hmm. because first-round picks are not created equal. A top five pick I can't give up for DK Metcalf because my sense is they're going to go pass rusher in the top five because I think it's going to be available there. Uh, so I can't give that up for a pass rusher. Um, I wouldn't either. If, it was, if I had the 11th pick. That's a high pick for him. If I had the 11th pick in the draft yeah. with this quarterback, I would do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But in the top five, no. And I have looked a little bit at the receiver, receivers in the draft. And, of course, their order can change. But I think there'll be a receiver of impact available to them with their first pick in the second round. Um, and so I would not give up the chance to get a big guy, whether that's one of those two big offensive tackles, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, doesn't necessarily make sense, but best, best player available, available right? or one of those pass rushers, at, or who knows, you know, maybe the cornerback from LSU or the safety from Notre Dame is appealing to what these guys want to do. You just yes. you don't know. Best player available, always. I wouldn't do it. It was a pe- peculiar topic because I was sitting on the yeah. couch thinking, hmm, would I do this? Maybe. At 11, I would. <laughs> at number 11. All day long. It all depends on where you're picking in the first round yep. right. with a premium pick. And because history shows you. So maybe you trade back recently, to 11. Yeah. You know, now we're talking. Or, or trade up for late in the first round. History shows you you can get receivers to make huge impact outside the top 20. You can. Absolutely. And that is This or That presented by Price.com. And we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. Some Ashlyn Ask here on a Wednesday. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle, and Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good. Over 30 communities to choose from with the best selection of move-in ready homes, quality, value, personalization. That's the DreamFinders Homes difference. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time. It is Wednesday. It has been a while since we've gotten the whiteboards out, but it is time for Ashland-esque. Number one, why did the Jaguars get so many penalties? Try to summarize this on a whiteboard, folks. Three to five words. Why did the Jaguars get so, an apostrophe, many penalties? Whatever. You know what they mean. Apostrophes, stars, whatever the heck they are. You get the gist of it. I get it. Brian, what do you got? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that can't be an well, answer in Ashland Ask. You, look, you said to, to three to five words, and that's three words. Look, the reality of it is it's one of two things. One, um, Juwan Taylor, great example, holding because he's getting beat. Right? Yeah. Um, jumping off sides because he's anxious about getting beat. You weren't here when Gus Bradley was here, but he used to talk a lot about anxiety and trying to remove the anxiety uh, so that a player can play fast. Um, and so you do get some anxiety in this situation where guys are trying to do too much. You're down by 17. You want to make a play. You flinch. You jump off sides. It, it you know, causes a penalty. Um, but I do think that a big part of it is, is that guys are getting beat. And that's kind of just putting a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. 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 I said all of the above uh, because, as Brian said, there's many reasons. I think the reality is, I think we talked about it on Monday, they're not having – it's not the number of penalties necessarily. Uh, They have 
they're not anywhere near the top of the league in terms of number of penalties this year. No, there weren't a ton of penalties the last two games, but they were where they were placed. Right, it's the crucial. I mean, I'm not sure I've ever seen, I shouldn't say ever, but it, it, it's rare to have six keep-you-on-the-field penalties, yeah. uh, meaning third down and fourth down, defense and special teams, where they thought they were off the field, and then all of a sudden you're back on the field. Six in two weeks, I mean, I'm not very good at math, but that's two a half. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. See, I'm, I am bad at math. It's that, not good math. That's at least one a half. It's more than one a half. I mean, think about that. You get four drives a half, maybe. If you're getting one extend penalty, 25% of the time they are letting their opponent stay on the field when they don't deserve it. And as the coach you said, can't win in the NFL yeah. like that. But, well, There's that's, no that's way. like six turnovers. Yeah. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And that I've I never really heard a coach talk about that like that, but it, it's it, it's dead on. Uh, that's six turnovers in two games, basically, on that, and uh, that more than the number is key. Absolutely. All right, Ashlyn asks number two, a guy that needs to be on this team for years to come. That isn't Trevor Lawrence. We all get that he's a guy that needs to be on this team. He's the franchise quarterback, so you can't pick him. But a guy that needs to be on this team. For years to come. Maybe a guy you have to pay this offseason to keep him here. But that's okay because you got the money to do it. John's racing. He's frazzled. I really stumped him with this one. Brian. I'll say Dan Arnold. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, uh, it was clear that he had formed a nice relationship with the quarterback. I really like him. I'm, again, he's not hes not a pure one. You know, He's not that game changer. That he moves the chains. John always likes to talk about young quarterbacks needing that guy they can count on, right? Peyton mm-hmm. Manning had um, Marvin Harrison, and he, they, they knew it, where they were going to be. Um, that's what this guy is, and he's sneaky, speedy. You know, he can get up the seam. Mm-hmm. I think Dan Arnold, you're still going to go look for another guy, but I think Dan Arnold on this team makes a lot of sense as this quarterback develops. Yeah, and probably a guy you can keep at a, a good number going into next year, unfortunately, on injured reserve with an MRI or a, a meniscus tear. Sorry, not an MRI. That's what you He got use. an MRI. He right. got an MRI yeah, to figure that out. Meant. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. Somewhere, whatever. Dr. Kaplan is shaking his head. <laughs> Just stop with the medical stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Leave it to me. John, what do you got? I have, uh, it's pretty obvious, Josh Allen. Um, and I also went with Tyson Campbell under here. I almost went and, with him. And that's a way reach, but you're encouraged by what you saw. Josh Allen's definite. You, you oh, know, for sure. And his contract comes up after this season, if I'm right, yeah, uh, third season, so going into the fourth, he will be eligible for an extension. I want that kid standing on a podium at some point yeah. this offseason saying he can't wait to be a Jaguar for life because he's everything you want. Um, you hope. That Tyson Campbell by extends what he's doing. He played like a one the other day. He did. Um, he, I don't want to say dominant force, but he made big plays. He did and, some special stuff. Yeah. I mean, and he did two. Th- you know, he was not only on the ball good in terms of his ball awareness, which he hasn't been all season, but he is physical. Yeah, Urban's talked about that all year. If if you get that combination, uh, that's that's interesting because all of a sudden you. There's less to address in the offseason in terms of uh, in terms of core going yeah. forward. You want to see that for seven more games. I sit with Fred Six Taylor games. Uh, on game day, and Fred knows him, has known him since he was a little kid. They have mutual friends down in, in South Florida, where mm-hmm. uh, in Weston Plantation, 
And Fred has been saying, just give this kid time. He just needs to figure out how to play at this level. He's got all the physical skills. We're going to see Jalen Ramsey on Sunday. He's really quick. And we're going to talk about Jalen tomorrow a lot. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I know. But my point is, is that since he left, we haven't had a cornerback. (laughs) I can't wait to talk about that. Um, A cornerback with the kind of physical characteristics that Jalen had. The height, the length, the quickness, as you just mentioned, the speed. Um, and I think he's very quiet. He's not yeah. like Jalen. You want to talk about polar opposite but, personalities. But, <laughs> I, but I've talked to him enough. He's, he's smart. Yeah. And I think he's going to be a difference maker in the secondary. And the coach has been talking about it the whole season. Um, he backed him up. I, I'm excited about that kid. I am too. And you can just tell the way he walks around this building. There's a confidence that he didn't have a couple weeks ago where he was certainly doubting himself a little bit and just absolutely getting trashed all over the place for the way he was playing. But a rookie that needed just time to figure it out. Yeah. As simple as that. We, we don't exhibit enough patience yes. with young players in this game anymore. Absolutely agree. And that is Ashlyn Ask on Jaguars Drive Time. When we come back, some closing thoughts on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, think better. Jaguars drive time on a Wednesday, getting ready for head coach Urban Meyer press conference coming up in about an hour. You can watch that on Jaguars.com live, as well as Trevor Lawrence after practice this afternoon. The Huddle Up podcast with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, and John Osier this afternoon. You're welcome. And we'll be right back here tomorrow morning on Jaguars drive time. We will see you then.